Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Sarah. Have you seen a Yowie and been busting to tell someone, but you're afraid that no one will believe you? Or worse, that people will make fun of you? You've come to the right place. Here at Yowie Central, we won't laugh at you or think you're crazy. If you've had a sighting or an intense encounter with a Yowie or some other weird cryptid creature or you've got spirits or aliens floating around or anything else kooky and spooky, get in touch with me at yaoicentral at gmail.com. I got a call last week from a witness that I interviewed a while back and he, he wanted to say thank you to me for giving him the courage to talk about Yowies in general and about his sighting specifically, as it's really helped him share and, and make friends with other like-minded, cool Yowie enthusiasts. So he moved to a, a new area and a new job, and after sharing his experience with, with me, he found that he, for the first time, was able to talk to a new workmate about Yowies. And it turns out that his new workmate happens to be a Yowie Central listener as well. So the witness, Baz, has now got someone to talk to at work about his Yowie sightings and about Yowie stuff in general. And that just made my day. So a really big, warm shout out to Baz and to his mate, Chad. Thanks for your support, fellas. And Baz, I really appreciate you reaching out to me and letting me know that. It absolutely made my day. 
And that is what Yowie Central is all about. That's one of the main reasons why I do this show is to help people who've had these experiences not feel so alone and to be able to share those experiences with people who won't laugh at them. So are you ready for some Yowie action? You better be. We're heading to Jurong in Queensland this week, which is kind of inland and maybe a couple of hours slightly north of the Sunshine Coast. So Bonnie, who's a member of the Yowie Central Facebook group, posted a series of photos from a friend's property there a couple of weeks ago. And those photos included lots of tree structures and very wide game trails and other potential Yowie sign. She then sent me an email telling me that she'd actually seen a Yowie there recently and wanted to know if the AYR team could check the place out. And so we ended up then having a lovely long chat about that sighting and another sighting that she had in a different place, as well as other encounters over the years. So we're going to hear all about those sightings today. And just so you get the inside joke, when I first answered her email, I wrote Durango rather than Durong. So we had a good laugh about it because it sounded really Mexican. And we were joking about whether I had to wear a sombrero for the interview. <laughs> so if you hear me mention a Mexican hat, that's what it's about. Okay, so are you ready? Good. Let's get into it. Here's Vonnie. I'm, I can't wait to talk to you and, and hear all about your sighting so, and everything else that's been going on. Um, you contacted me via the Yowie Central Facebook and then kindly sent me an email with a, a summary of what's going on. So it was in, not in Durango. <laughs> I haven't got my sombrero on, but <laughs> I actually did think about, because I speak Spanish and I thought, oh, maybe I'll play a joke on her and start speaking Spanish when I answer the phone. <laughs> and I thought, no, she would probably just think I'm a weirdo. <laughs> um, yeah. So why don't you go through in as much detail as you can and tell me about the sighting and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on to all the other stuff that's been going on, okay? Righty, eh? That sounds good, Sarah. Yeah, I was just so exciting, Sarah. Like you, you just, you just never know when this stuff's going to happen. <laughs> exactly, and that's why people can't get photos of them because you, most people are never expecting it. Well, ever since um, we've come back from Durong, I keep thinking Durango now, Sarah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> ever, ever since we've come back from Durong, um, myself and my son-in-law have had terrible trouble with our phones. Right, since um, that's it's um, kind of coincidental, maybe, but a bit weird yeah. that since you so since you had that Yowie sighting, yeah, right. yeah, it's also strange that the property the property has no signal, but um, Telstra the owner has has spoken to Telstra about, it and they say no, no, there is signal, yeah, but there isn't. Um, well, that's that's. Fairly typical Telstra to really not know what's going on, though, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, so this the sighting that you mentioned that where you were you were camping at your friend's property at at Durong. When did that happen? So that was the fifteenth of July. So that was a Friday. My son-in-law and I went out there um, to Durong for the weekend, and I'd been there three weeks earlier. 
and I had seen quite large trees bend into boughs um, with the treetops intertwined into other trees on the neighbouring property. So I could see that from inside my friend's property, um, but it was distinctly on the neighbouring property. And yeah, it was bent over. The biggest one was bent over opposite Dan's internal road on his property, which was, I don't know whether it's coincidental or not, but it actually spanned from one paddock to the other. Like it was such a large tree, like that stuff's not going to happen normally. You know, it would have taken quite a bit of force to bend that down and like the top branches were intertwined into the other trees. So it couldn't release. Yeah, so I hadn't really got a proper chance to look around. So that's why I came back um, on this weekend to to have a good sticky beak. And that night I went up the internal road and turned on to the boundary road within inside his fence. But the ground felt really spongy because it's pretty waterlogged out there at the moment. So I tried to reverse back up the road to turn around back onto the internal road. So as I almost got level with the internal road and I was still in reverse, I, it was just like, I don't know whether it was mind speak or what, but I just heard, turn your lights up and have a look. And I did. <laughs> and I saw this... Uh, it would have had to have been eight foot tall, uh, massive, black. It was bipedal. Um, it was walking from the uh, left of the boundary fence road to the right of the road. And as I watched it, it actually turned turned its head and just looked directly into the headlights, like looking directly at me. And its eyes were so huge. And just super reflective, massive amount of yellow in the eye shine. And it just continued to look towards me as it walked to the right of the road and just vanished into the trees. And I was just stunned. I was just spewing because I'd taken my bull bar off and it had the LED spotlights on it. Um, so I didn't have the spotlights, otherwise it just would have lit it up so much. But it was the trees behind it were all lit up. It was just such a solid mass of black. Um, like it was, I don't know, like nothing reflected light on it except its eyes. It was just solid black, nearly like it absorbed the light. It was just really quite... Um, strange like it just I was I was just looking like a stunned mullet really anyway I just I just I lost it I just thought my god look at what I've just seen and my foot come off the clutch and I've reversed back and just gone boom, into basically a patch of quicksand and um, oh, no. so I stuck, <laughs> yeah, no, I was stuck up the road, and I just I couldn't get out. There was just no getting out. The whole like the whole car was on an angle. The bus was on an angle, and I was just bogged up the axles. And it was um, quite. Oh my god! You was... must have been freaking out, going, "I need to get out of here!" And my car was stuck. <laughs> I would have been oh. absolutely terrified. 
I was I was just losing my mind. I thought, my God, what do I do? What do I do? Because this thing's walked into the scrub, like not all that far away from me. Basically, oh, probably probably a couple of hundred meters, but still, you know, at at the rate these things move, I thought, you know, I had to try and get back to the um, to my son, where my son-in-law was. Thankfully, he was there with a four-wheel drive, but that had a winch on it. So I've, I've made my way down this um, internal road to where he was camped, and I'm I'm shaking his. Um, he was in one of those uh, big daddy swags, which which I lovingly call the Yowie burrito now. <laughs> um, you know, I'm grabbed that and I'm shaking it. I'm going, Oliver, 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 help, help, help. <laughs> wake up, wake up, come help me, get me out of the bog. And he come out and he's just like, oh, what's going on? I've told him and he's like, oh, can we pull it out tomorrow? I was like, do you reckon we could should pull it out tomorrow or tonight? <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, we drove back up there and um, he towed me out with the with the winch because he couldn't get either side of me because of the, the trees and stuff and um, got back there and um, through the night, I was just a little bit wound up, Sarah, you know. Oh, I don't blame that. you. <laughs> you might have needed a stiff drink as well. <laughs> <laughs> I probably did, yeah. So, um and I'm I'm just sort of sitting up thinking, oh God, you know, because there's no phone reception. I can't I can't do anything, and I'm just like, oh, I end up going to bed. It would have been pretty late, and just as I was about to go to sleep, I could hear two chooks like in a lot of distress, like someone's just grabbed them, and in the chook pen because the chook pen wasn't all that far away from where we were um, camped, and um, yeah, they were squawking, and then it just stopped. It just went dead silent. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Um, Maybe okay. not a good sign. Yeah, that's not that far away from where we are. So anyway, I ended up going to sleep. Next morning, um, I went and had a look while everybody else was down at the main camp. I went around and had a look at the chook pen because I thought, well, if it was a fox or a dog, you know, there's going to be a bit of a mess with some feathers and stuff and um there was nothing there was absolutely no sign that a dog or a fox had taken a chook there was nothing so i did a bit of a rough head count on the chooks and i went and spoke with um the owner and one of the other residents and asked them you know do you guys know how many chooks you have got here and they said, oh, well, when they first arrived, it was about 45 with the roosters. And, like, now the numbers were, like, 25. Right. So, but no damage yeah. to the chicken coop? No, no. Right. No, and, like, there is a door on it and the door was closed and there's, like, a little, what do you call it? you know those little um, day-night doors that are supposed to go up and down the solar, but it's stuck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, there was no sign of any damage to the door, um, anything like that, but it's only just a, a latch where you've got to touch it and it lifts up. Yeah, so that was uh, that was pretty interesting. And I was talking to Oliver later on, and he said it sounded like there was something 
or someone walking around where he was in the swag. Like it sounded like footsteps, human footsteps, but bigger walking around where he was sleeping, um, which was a little bit creepy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But no, this, this thing was just, and, and you could see the hair when it was walking in the, in the spotlight, um, in the car light, sorry. Like, even though it didn't reflect any light, you could see the hair and it was like really long. It was quite long and flowy. You know, as as it, as the creature moved, you could just sort of see it uh, on the arms, moving, swaying. It was just, um, I don't know whether I should call it beautiful or not, but. Um, <laughs> you can. <laughs> but I just, I, I think the eyes um, mesmerised me the most, just how, just how reflective they were. Like, that was just really incredible like they just must have such good night vision it was just incredible i'm just i'm just glad it wasn't red eyes that would have just totally freaked me out yeah yeah totally i i think um i've always thought that the red eyes would be the scariest only because we we're taught you know from a young age all the movies and things that that feature monsters and devils I've all got glowing red eyes. It's supposed to be this, you know, symbol mm. of evil. So I've always thought that the red eye shine would be the scariest. But but hey, I'm sure the I'm sure the yellow eye shine coming out of a being of that size um, would have been pretty <laughs> damn scary too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, and you know, there was no impending sense of doom or. Um, Anything like that. I honestly, I, I kind of feel like it wanted me to know it was there. Well, interesting um, that you mentioned that you, you felt like a voice told you to turn the lights on. Yeah, and have a look, why. yeah. That's, that's really interesting. When you first turned the lights on and you, you saw this being, how far away from you was it? It was probably maybe a, a couple of hundred metres away. Like it wasn't like super close, but it wasn't that bloody far away either, you know. Um, yeah. It was, oh, maybe, yeah, it might have been 100, 150 metres, I suppose, down to the creek. So it would have been um, down near the first creek crossing. And that's um, around about where Jen had seen um, some tracks. One of the residents had seen tracks uh, a couple of weeks earlier. So, um, but yeah. we went looking, the, the, like the um, soil was dry down there um, when we went walking the next day and we couldn't find any tracks. But it's very interesting. There's uh, a lot of um, wildlife pads going through the bush, but they're really, really well worn, like deep. Like you would think that a human or a couple of humans are walking up and down there every day. Oh, right. um, that's interesting. But but no, there aren't anybody, there aren't any people no. walking around there regularly, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, so the next day, like I went, I w in the morning I went and had a bit of a look around and had a bit of a sticky beak out the front of the property and um, near the dam. And that's where I found the stick structures, um, which was really exciting. Like I was, yeah, 
that was just so crazy. And well, um, also all those photos that you sent through on the Yowie Central Facebook, you've got lots of lots of stick structure. Well, you know, big heavy branches structures as well. Mm. There was lots of activity going on in there. I, I, I can't say who created those structures, but there was a lot going on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and. Um, you know, like the the you can see that there's um like sapling trees that have been snapped off. You know, there was actually a fresh one there, but a lot of them were older ones. But there were big, like you say, there was big big trees that, when you look at them, you know, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have fallen in the direction that they were laid. Yeah, um, yeah naturally. exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. and there's big X markers on the ground. Um, when I went through the photos the other day, I was like, wow, there were ones there that I didn't even see while I was there on the ground. And they were just everywhere. They were everywhere, Sarah. It was just incredible. It was just so exciting. <laughs> I don't blame you for being excited. It, 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 it is exciting. I can hear it in your voice. What about when you so just back to the back to the Yowie for a for a minute. Mm-hmm. When you first turn that your headlights on and you see this being about um a little distance away, what else could you make out? Could you make out the face apart from those glowing yellow eyes? Could you make out any features on the face? No, I couldn't. No. All I could see was it was just like a big dark solid shadow. That that's the only way I can explain it. Like it was just all I could see was black. Um, yet the trees behind it were quite well lit up. But all I could see was a big solid black shape of a very large bipedal creature. Like it was probably not looking at me for the first second when it turned its head and looked it just continued to look at me and then that sort of became my focus then was because the eye the eye shine was just so it was just so bloody bright it was just incredible but I could not see any features apart from it was just like when its arm moved you could see a bit of the the hair on the arms so were those arms, were they longer in proportion to the body compared to a human being? Absolutely. Right. Did the, Absolutely. Where did they reach down to? Probably where its knees would be. Right. And so you reckoned it was about eight foot tall. Mm-hmm. How wide do you think the shoulders were? It's hard to tell, but it was just so, it was just so broad, probably would have been, maybe, I'm just, I'm just measuring with my hands, (laughs) (laughs) maybe 80, 90 centimetres, maybe, yeah, close to a metre. It, it was huge, and it was like, the shoulders were like quite, you know, like came out quite large. They were quite large and then it sort of narrowed down, but no neck. It was just sort of from 
its head shoulders went down you know like a like a you know a bodybuilder that's overdone things <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that it was just um so big and uh, you know like the strength these things must have is just you know incredible so big was it moving so when you're when you flicked your headlights on was it just standing there or was it in the process of moving I think it was in the process of moving because it was it was not facing towards me at that point it was walking from the left to the right and then sort of turned sort of it's like its head didn't rotate you know, very much. It was like sort of moved its shoulders around a bit as it looked at me as it walked off. And I probably would have only had it in view for four or five seconds. But yeah, wow. It was just, it was just amazing. It was just incredible. It really was. Were the eyes small or medium size or large in in comparison to, so large eyes in a big head? Or a small yes. head? No, it was its head would have been proportionate to the rest of its body. So it was, it would have been a big head, um, but it had oh, its eyes. I'm going to say like golf ball size. Right. You know, like they're quite they're quite huge, but the the light that was coming that was reflected off of them sort of blurred things two on the face girl was looking through the windscreen of the car seemed to like blur things around the face of it which was um i think once i saw those eyes that was it for trying to make out too much of anything else i was just in absolute disbelief of what i was seeing <laughs> yeah um yeah that's understandable mm. and so then it it turns around gives you a good look and then keeps moving away from you. Yeah, so it moved into the scrub. So it's only it's only a dirt um, road inside of a fence line. So it's not quite, it's not a very wide road. But yeah, it just it was walking, turned, looked directly at me, and then continued walking across and into the scrub and just vanished. And the friend who owns that property, have they mentioned any Yowie activity to you before? No, well, I don't. I don't think they'd really sort of thought about it too much. Like, there's there's been strange things happening there. I spoke to Dan a couple of days afterwards, and he said, you know, because we actually left a, an offering there. And oh, I saw said, I saw that in your photos. You left a bowl of. You've got a couple of feathers and a, is it tomatoes and eggs and things like that? Yeah, we, June thought maybe if um, she gave them some eggs, they might decide to leave the chooks alone a bit and um, just possibly take the eggs instead. Um. Mm. <laughs> it's wishful thinking, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> they might go, oh, great, we've got eggs and we need a chicken as well to go with the yeah. eggs. Yeah. Interest it's um, very it's a very interesting detail and it's a telling detail to me 
that there have been shooks going missing and not many all at once, just one or two, nothing to for people to suddenly go, oh, my God, there's like 10 shooks missing, but that there's no damage to the chicken coop. There's no – something's obviously able to unlatch it and get in there, grab a chook and get out without causing a, a, a kerfuffle and without um, attracting attention. Yeah. Really yeah, they obviously had a bit of practice on those chooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if they've taken about 20 of them so far, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, Jen, um, after, after we found, I found the um, stick structures and uh, I went and found Jen and, and showed her what I'd found and she said, look, I'll take you down the back and I'll show you these squares, like, um, and, you know, the size of the trees that were in the big crosses on the ground, yeah. um, they'd made square, like um, perfect squares in the in the bush. And Jen had initially thought that that was people who'd come there thinking that they would stay or um, in, a, in this community and, um, you know, then just moved on. Um, and when we've looked and I said, no, they've been there for a long time, you know. So, and there was probably four that I saw on the, marked out on the ground and they had a very distinct vibe. Like the ones down the front, like there was no yucky vibe or, um, you know, like a sense that you shouldn't be there. Um, I didn't want to walk in. So having said that, I wouldn't want to walk into the square, you know what I mean? Like we were, we were looking at it from the outside. But the ones down the back across the creek, if you follow those what we'll call wildlife tracks through there, um, lead directly to one of these squares. And those ones had a distinct vibe, like just don't come near me. So we just took a couple of photos and um, bypassed them and and um, had a bit of a look around and she showed me where she um, saw the tracks. But that was from, you know, a few weeks earlier. So everything had gone. So next time I go out, Sarah, I'm taking plaster of Paris. Oh, good. Fantastic. Yeah. We'd love you to do that. From the sounds of it, it certainly sounds like you've got Yowie activity going on there. Um, oh, look, it is. It's just busting with it. Yeah, yeah it really right, is. Right. And so you said, um, I haven't had a chance to contact to contact anyone else yet, but you've sent me the number of another resident who lives near there. Yeah, Jen. She Jen. lives on the property there, yeah. Oh, she lives on the property. So what did she say to you? Oh, well, she's, um, she's had um, a couple of experiences which she wasn't really sure what was going on. Um, so she's got a dog called Buddy and he's a staffy something or other. And he, uh, her and her partner's dogs, the one night, went off their nana, as they do with this sort of thing, and... Um, they were just going off ferociously. She said she'd never seen the dogs like that ever. And, you know, they wouldn't they wouldn't step out of around where Jen was 
but they were just barking and growling and and really going nuts. So, um, and she got that feeling, you know, that feeling of impending doom and just something just felt wrong. And she just, yeah. So she um, just locked herself inside basically and just stayed there. And eventually it all calmed down, but um, it certainly put the wind up. I can totally yeah. understand that if 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 you've got a, a dog that doesn't usually get aggressive, but then all of a sudden is going apeshit and, and won't leave your side. That's a that's that's another sign that often indicates that there's yowies around. Yeah, absolutely. And and so she's been a little bit careful, like since then, and and since we sat down and had a bit of yarn about it and. Um, I think I think the the clincher for her was finding those gigantic footprints. Right. Um, yeah. Um, but behind that chook pen too, when Jen and Dan and I went for a walk together, that's when we took the offering bowl down and we put it on the stump. And as we we're coming back, because I was taking photos as a wand of all the different um, um, signage that's um, apparent on there, and I hadn't noticed it, but as we came back, we were looking around the back of the chook pen to see if we could pick up any footprints or anything. And there was a big branch um, on a tree. There was a tree laying down. It was had fallen down some time ago behind the chook pen. And it was quite a, a, a solid branch. Like it would have probably been 10 centimetres across. And it was snapped like something had stood on it. It was a fresh snap. Like it would have been within, you know, <laughs> um, probably around the time of the um, chook abduction, I'm thinking. But it was it was fresh. And Jen had been through the, the day before and she said it wasn't like that. So maybe they stood on, on that as they were um, heading in to help themselves. Yeah, maybe. And so mm. had you heard of Yowie's before all of this happened? Yes, because um, I had an exper- I had um, some experiences at Wyvernhoe um, when yeah. I was out there and Esk and before that at um, Kogan. Right. What other sightings or, or encounters where you thought, oh, maybe this is Yowie activity? Well, to start with, um, when I bought the property, I bought a half acre at the back of Kogan, and that would have been about 2013 when the gas boom was on. Um, and it was just scrub and rubbish and junk, cleaned it all up, you know, and put a caravan on it. And I was doing security work at the time, so I was away, you know, 12-hour shifts. Sometimes it would be 13, 14 hours before I get back, you know. And I had a couple of um, bulldogs at the time. And I would often at night, because like this is sort of the back part of, of Kogan where no one ever bothered going. You know, occasionally there'd be four drives or bikes, whatever, ride through the scrub. So it was pretty much untouched at that point. Um, and there was a council reserve about five or so acres that was just scrub. Um, and I'd hear crashing through the scrub at night time and the dogs would just go absolutely nuts. They'd go ballistic, barking and growling, and they'd always be looking into the scrub. And initially I just thought it was just some weirdo messing with me or the dogs. And 
and I thought, well, you know how you try and rationalise stuff? Yeah. <laughs> and and I put the crashing, you know, down to, you know, after that when I, I couldn't see any cars, I couldn't see, you know, and I'd be I'd be out there with the torch and, and having a look and couldn't see anything. And I thought, well, maybe it's just big kangaroos. Maybe it's just cattle walking through the scrub at night, you know. Um, but I started sort of getting a vibe that um, something just wasn't right with it. And I noticed, like, you know, the trees when they were getting broken, because I used to walk the dogs through there in the daytime, the trees weren't cut off. They were actually just snapped and bent over, that sort of thing. And I thought, oh, that's that's a bit weird, you know. Don't know what's going on. But then there was a sickly sweet rotten smell like rotten meat rotten eggs that was sort of mixed together um and i'd i'd smell that sometimes when the dogs were going off at night time this is mainly like nighttime activity and then there was times through the day i'd smell like a you know bakelite smell or um like plastic like wiring burning and I'd, I had a little solar um, plant on the property and I'd think, oh, shit, you know, something's on fire. And I'd run over and check and everything would be just fine. But, you know, and the smell wasn't coming from there. It was just in the, in the air. And I just thought, well, that's, that's really weird. But then the one night, it was June uh, 2014, and... <laughs> I was walking the dogs after work, so it would have been, say, 7, 7.30, and I thought, no, bugger, I'll take them out, give them a bit of a run, like they're on leads. And I was walking around, had the headlamp on, and I could hear something paralleling me, like it was something walking through the scrub, and whenever I stopped, it would stop. So I'd start walking, and it'd walk. And the dogs started pulling on the lead and they're just like, get us the fuck out of here, you know? And I'm <laughs> like, what the, what the hell? These are, these are bulldogs that could bring a man down. You know what I mean? Like these, these girls don't get frightened over anything. And they were dragging me back to the gate, you know? And I got the wind up me so bad because I just, I did, I got that yucky feeling that something just was wrong very very wrong so we just ran <laughs> and ran and closed the gate behind me i never walked out there at night time ever again never <laughs> i don't blame you <laughs> <laughs> and, and i used to tell locals don't don't walk up through that scrub at night time because there is something there i don't know what it is but there is something there and they just all thought i was nuts but um that continued on and off like I was there for five or six years and the one night I was sleeping in I'd bought another um, caravan and I was in the shed and the shed was near the western fence and there was two blocks empty either side of me that were just scrub and still junk and whatever and the dogs started ground they actually woke me up they're growling, they're carrying on in the caravan. And I thought, what the fuck's going on now? I opened the door. I just thought, oh, whatever they can, you know, because my property was fenced. I just thought, well, if there's anybody out there, they can get chewed, you know. Um, so <laughs> I 
I've I've let the dogs out, but the dogs just would not. They would not go out. They would not go out of the caravan. And when I opened the door, I could just smell this horrible smell. And I just thought, what the? I just got that icky, that icky feeling in my gut that there was something really wrong, something really, really wrong. So I quickly closed the caravan door again and locked it and just sort of rode it out. But like within a couple of minutes of all this, I actually heard a really deep rumbling growl from what would have been on the other side of the of the um, shed and caravan over the fence. Like it would have been maybe 10, 15 metres away. It was close, you know, and that that was bloody frightening. Whatever that was, um, I've got a pretty good idea now that, you know, it was a yowie, but, and then it was not too long after that, maybe a couple of months after that, I come home from night shift one morning. So I knock off at say six o'clock or whatever. And it probably would have been about half past six in the morning. And I've rocked up at home, gone to the gate and um, Mrs. Penn was near the gate. And she was, she was dead. Um, oh, and no. it looked, this is your dog. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Um, and she, it looked like she was in mid-flight, Sarah. Like she was going for something or someone, and was just stopped in mid-air. Like, and she was sprawled out. Um, she had blood coming out of her nose. Like to look at it, you just think, well, you know, she's died attacking something that's how it looked and when I rolled her over because I was at this point I'm I'm thinking snake bite or something you know I don't know what's going on so I've rolled her over and she actually had like big red marks on her stomach like she'd been hit and I don't I still don't know what actually killed her but you know that was that was a bit um, strange. That was really, really quite strange. And she was facing, again, the reserve, like she was running at something there and just died mid-flight. Oh, um, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm, I'm yeah, there's, there's nothing worse than losing a dog, but under those circumstances... And it's well, like it certainly a... leaves a lot of questions, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Totally. Um, I when after after that um, experience of something paralleling me in the scrub, I actually bought at a trail camp and put it up um, opposite the gate, like facing out in the scrub. And quite often it went off, and you could see the dogs on the on the video footage and the photos running up and down the fence, barking towards something out in the scrub. But you just I could never pick up anything that was out there. It just it, I think it's just because the camera wasn't good enough. Yeah, right. So did you did you leave that property and move on to other properties after yeah. after that? So I ended up uh, moving to Wyvernhoe region, 
and I stayed at Esk for a couple of months at a relative's property. And during that time, by this by this stage, all the, the bulldogs have passed on and um, so I had to get the other one put down. And I got two young Bull Arab Cross boys. They came with me. They were about six months old when we were at Esk. The property that I was on there, um, again, I'm still doing the security work and um, living in a caravan. They were tied up down the back and it, and it sort of abutted onto a creek. And it was just open bushland down the back, you know, koalas, all that sort of cool wildlife. And the boys at night time, I'd have my nephew, he'd ring me and go, you know, I don't, your dog's going crazy. I don't know why your dogs are going crazy. I can't handle it. He'd go look around. He couldn't find anything what they're barking at. The one night there, we were standing near the caravan. So there was a caravan, there was a space, there was a shed, there was a space, and the dogs were down the back. I was about to go and get them and bring them up for the night because um, I was off work. And there was these couple of sticks hit the roof of the shed. And we are like, oh, what? And next thing, it was just like hundreds of, it sounded like hundreds of sticks hitting the roof of the shed. And we just couldn't work out what the hell was going on. Like, you know, it was just in, it was just insane. And a couple of sticks actually came across and landed on the ground, like near me. But it was just like bundles of sticks being thrown at the roof of the at the roof of the shed. And the dogs were going ape shit. You know, they were just frantic, absolutely frantic. Anyway, it stopped and I ran down to grab the dogs because I didn't know what I was going to find, brought them back up. But the next day, like, we went and had a look at the roof of the shed and there's only a few sticks there. And there was uh, still a couple of sticks that were thrown across that landed past the shed. But, like, for the amount of, um, for the sound that it made, and it sounded like hundreds of sticks in bundles being thrown at the roof of the shed. And I still don't know. I have no idea what what that was about. And um, one of um, a lady I was talking to there, I asked her about and I said, you know, what the hell could have caused something like that? And she said, oh, dears, you know, feral deer they get the sticks in their in their antlers and throw them I was like yeah right I hadn't heard that theory before but that's quite that's interesting <laughs> I don't know how that would work but <laughs> yeah yeah no that was um yeah that was a bit um yeah I didn't really I didn't really believe that Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, so where, where I was working was near Wyvernhoe Dam, or at Wyvernhoe Dam. Like, there's lots of wild country there um, because it's, like, locked off, you know, general public can't get in amongst the lots of valleys and um, old quarries, that sort of thing. Um, and I found... One on the weekends, you've got a bit of more of an opportunity to explore and have a bit of a look around. And I found rock piles. There were, there's a lot of basalt there. There's a, actually a basalt quarry, uh, disused one. And there were chunks of basalt, but ones that had little white um, clear crystals like quartz attached to the sides. There were some of them and some other pretty rocks and they were stacked uh like you know like all on top of each other so all these stone stacks um in amongst the scrub just in random places where nobody goes that was rather strange and on night shift i was starting to really get the wind up me there um i heard roars at night time when I'd go down to because some of the places that we had to patrol were quite remote and you would hear these roars and they just sounded off to me and I asked the other guards about and they're like oh it's just the deer it's the feral deer these feral deer they're pranksters aren't they (laughs) <laughs> Such pranksters. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, to start with, I, I thought, well, you know, maybe it is, maybe it is. And I got on YouTube and I thought, well, I'll find out. And the roars, some of the roars that I heard didn't match up to, like, some were deer roars, but some weren't. It was more of a guttural, uh, big, deep, guttural, throaty thing, you know. It was, and I don't know how far away the creature was that was making the noise, but the noise certainly carried up the valley, up this, you know. It was quite um, inclined land, like there'd be flat, well, nearly flat land, and then it would just drop away you know, down into some sort of valley thing. And it was just filled with trees, like anything could have been in there. You would just, there's no way in the world you'd enter there willingly, really. Um, but that there was that. And then on night shift, um, again, coming down to the boom gate, main boom gate, which you had to lift physically um, and get out of the car. and Either side was basically a vertical rock wall of um, bush rock, which is pretty fragile and crumbly stuff. 
there were like pieces of debris falling down sometimes when I'd go to open up, like something had just walked across the top and disturbed rock. And the one night, because I thought, oh, it's maybe it's wild dogs or foxes or something walking across the top and, you know, knocking a few little pebbles and stuff down. And the one night I just got the most eeriest feeling when I was opening things, like something was watching me or someone was watching me and I got the rock thing. There was quite a bit of this little rock and pebbles and stuff coming down and the stink was just horrendous. It was, again, that sickly, sickly rotten meat and rotten egg all mixed in one. And I thought, oh, it, like, it, it almost made me vomit. That's how strong it was. So whatever it was must have been pretty close. But I rationalised and went, well, maybe this, this wild dog or whatever it is that keeps running across the top here, maybe it's dragged some really dirty, yucky roadkill in and, and it's got it there somewhere eating it. But the next time I come through, the smell wasn't there. So I thought, well, that's really weird. While I was out on patrol, like I'm looking for roadkill, seeing if there is something gross that's been, you know, dragged off onto the road next to the roadway there or something, but there was nothing. But it was just very strange, Sarah, that, you know, one minute you've got this horrible sickly smell and you know, an hour, half an hour later, there's nothing. Yeah, it, it, is, it is strange. I've experienced that myself, so I know how weird it is. It's like, well, where did that, if it is something dead, where did it go? Yeah. You know, if, yeah. It's, if it's only just a carcass of something, where where did that go? But the smell's gone, yeah. suddenly gone. I asked one of the other guards um, that I did handover with. I said, look, you know, have have did you smell anything there today? And he was like, no, no, I didn't smell anything. Um, and then on the next shift, I changed over with a different guard and I asked him and he said, yeah, I often smell it down there. Right. And, and this is like, right right near the, the dam, the, the Wivenhoe, yeah. Wivenhoe Dam. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you're a brave I mean, lady. So you're, you're out patrolling at nighttime around the dam by yourself. Yeah. Wowee. <laughs> My hat goes off to you. <laughs> you are a oh. brave woman. You, oh. me- you mentioned in your email to me that UFOs and ghosts and things, was that all happening out there as well? Uh, the UFO thing out there, you often saw strange lights at night. Um, the guard that told me that he smelt that same smell at the at the boom gate, he had seen um, what he described as being a, a large UFO over the dam, and he was fairly well picked on for the, for having brought that up because he wrote a report on it. So, yeah, um, right, you know, so a lot of people didn't want, you know, anybody saying things like that. And this this sort of thing, like I don't know why I've. I've managed to have these experiences in my life, but 
it's it's given me something to feel passionate about and and um it's just incredible hearing everybody's stories and and seeing how it's touched people's lives and changed people's ideas about what is out there and and it's just great that you know you've provided this platform um and dean as well with with um his thing you know that it's it's helping people and it's helping people know that they're not crazy and you know there are things out there that people cannot explain it's just you know and it's it's just really great i really appreciate it sarah oh um, that's that's i love hearing that that's that's fantastic to hear and you're right like there's all sorts of crazy shit happening out there uh and mainstream society doesn't generally talk about it unless it's some stupid hollywood movie about stuff that's that's completely exaggerated and spun in a way that terrifies us instead of normalizing this stuff because so many people out there have these experiences mm. not, and not just with yaois but the, the whole you know the paranormal realm or the uh, the alien realm there's all sorts of stuff going on with alien abductions and uh, ufos and and spirits and you know, there's there's magic actually exists, and it does. It does, and we've been told, and especially if you grew up like me and as a uh, indoctrinated into the Catholic religion, you, you're told that that that's the, the, the you know the Catholic way is the only way, and that that all these sorts of things are just demonic or just your imagination. Um, mm. Whereas, and that's so. What I'm discovering is that is not the case at all. There's, there's no need to have this, this, this terror that we have about it and that we should all be talking about it. We're not, those people aren't crazy. Um, yeah, exactly. And lots of people have these experiences, but sort of, you know, I oh, go, oh, that was probably something else. You know, you justify it and you go, ah, oh, no, that was, that was, that was, that was just something else. Um, something yeah. that, that makes sense. You know, that's something that's rational, in inverted commas, rational and logical. <laughs> but, but then you have, um, you know, I talk to people all the time who are having these so-called crazy, but obviously not, experiences. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and when I was at Yendaren, because I had another, I actually had a sighting there at Yendaren. So Yendaren's north of Bundaberg. Well, and you had um, a Yowie sighting? Yeah. Oh, right. All right. Well, yeah. tell, tell me about this one. <laughs> I didn't know. How, so where, so yeah, you're in Yendaren. How do you spell that? Y A N. Yeah. D A R A N. D A R A N. Oh, Yandaren. Yep. Yandaren. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's so, yeah, near Bundaberg. Yeah, it's, it's, um, trying to think how many k's north. There's Avondale and then there's, um, it's probably about 20k back from Rosedale. So it's, it's up there. But I was caretaking, um, on a property there for my sister-in-law's sister, they had blocks side by side and there was scrub on one side of the blocks and scrub on the other side of the blocks in the creek. And there was a toilet block on the block that I stayed on. It was just had a couple of toilets and a shower and there was an orchard down the back, like right down the back because they're long skinny blocks and they honestly they thought I was 
just nuts. They really thought I was crazy. And I just kept saying to them, look, the dogs keep barking frantically. They're just, they're going nuts. Like, it's like someone's watching me. Cause it, and they thought that it was somebody that was coming in and watching me. I was living in a, in a coaster bus at the time because it was just too weird, the stuff that was going on. The one night, the dogs kept looking towards the toilet block and, like, out through the windows. So I had uh, security mesh on the windows, you know, the honeycomb-style stuff, mm -hmm. and they were looking through it. And um, one dog, Rowley, he, he sort of moved his head around like he got his eye right up against the mesh and he recoiled so violently, he actually flipped himself backwards. This is a 50 kilo dog. Flipped himself backwards off the lounge seat in the bus, um, trying to see whatever this was. And it must have, like the impression I got was something came right up and scared the shit out of him because he's just fallen off the seat and he's just, his legs are, he's, you know, the cartoons when the legs are, going and <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I can imagine it <laughs> and he scrabbled and jumped back up and did the same thing again I was just like what the fuck's going on here <laughs> wow and, and and the other dog he's just looking he was he was in the bed area and he's looking across going you know between the window and Riley um trying to work out what's going on and the bus actually is a three and a half ton bus got shoved from the side and it actually lifted it it actually lifted the bus wow like it you know like it just shook it so violently that i nearly fell over um and i was like how do you rationalize you, you can't even begin to rationalize this stuff sarah like <laughs> no no what there did, was no what... wind Oh, I, I, no, I was just going to say, what did you what did you think it was at the time? I I was I was thinking Yowie, I really was, because <laughs> it was only it was only at one you know sort of I began thinking Yowie when I got to Wyvernhoe and the, that guard said you know he was sure that there were Yowies there and this this was a guard that was you know pretty much picked on for being crazy and, and everything else. But that's when I started doing some research and thinking, right, well, now I, I've got a direction to go in. But when I said to the people that own this property, look, I'm sure that there is a Yowie that comes through here. Um, there is something fucking strange going on. They're just like, oh, you're nuts. You're crazy. You know, you need to get off the wine and, yeah. you know, all this sort of thing, you know. It was just, yeah, it was pretty crushing. But anyway, yeah. but that that night, like, when I, I just I just barricaded the bus door and I just thought I, I jumped in the in the front and turned the lights on I couldn't see anything. The next day when I got out, I had a walk around, had a bit of a look. The um, camp chair that was sitting next to the bus actually had beach sand on it, what appeared to be beach sand. And I thought, well, that's weird because 
that wasn't on there yesterday. Um, and where does beach sand come from overnight? I walked over the toilet, it was the toilet block, it was a short walk across there. I've gone over and as I'm walking over, I've noticed that there is like a triangular, um, like something has sprayed on the ground, like urinated from looking towards the bus, like a male creature has urinated looking towards the bus next to the toilet block. So there was like a spray pattern on the ground, yep, if you yep. will. Yeah, yeah, no, I can, I can picture what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, like this, the dogs just would go off so often there, and I even tried splitting them up. I would put one dog on one side of the toilet block and one side, one dog on the other side so that they couldn't see each other, and then I'd just basically wait until they start barking and go and have a look, and they'd both be looking in the same direction in the scrub even though they couldn't see each other to, you know, go, oh, well, this one's barking over here, so I'm going to bark over here. So they were both seeing something, the same thing, and barking at it. Um, but I couldn't see it. Anyway, the, the people that own the property just going, look, it's just kangaroos. It's just big kangaroos. There's some big roos up there, and they're just bouncing through the scrub, breaking sticks and branches as they go. And I'm like, right, I don't think it is. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, that's that's what's going on. It's kangaroos. This one morning I've I've come out and I'm having a cup of coffee and I'm looking towards this scrub now <laughs> all the time, just sussing it out. I just thought, oh, you know, everything was quiet. Next thing, dogs are barking. I've, I've gone around to have a look, come out of the bus to go and have a look of what's going on. And here's this gigantic kangaroo, big buckaroo, bouncing through the scrub. And I'm just like, okay, right, that's disappointing. It is a kangaroo. And the kangaroo just come to an abrupt stop. And this big black thing ran past it. And it would have been a good two, three foot taller than the kangaroo. And it was a big buck and it ran past. I only got to see it for like a second because it ran down to the front of the, uh, the towards the front of the property. Um, and there's a road there. Can't think of the name of the road now. And then there's more scrub property across the road from there. And that's where it was heading towards. So I just got, basically all I saw was from the say chest up as it went through for like a couple of seconds. Did it have shoulders and a head like a humanoid shape? Yes. And covered in hair? Yep. And black. And black. Did you get did you see the face? No, no, I just saw it I'm just trying to reenacted in my head yeah no I only saw it yeah it would have been from the chest up the head the shoulders and like this kangaroo the and the look the look on this roo's face it probably would have been quite similar to mine actually um 
and this as this thing has just gone crashing past it and this ruse just stopped and just turned around and gone fuck this shit and gone the other <laughs> way <laughs> i don't blame the roof for sure <laughs> <sighs> Uh, so I did tell the owners, I said, look, yeah, I saw a kangaroo crashing through the scrub this morning, but a big black thing overtook it. And it wasn't just the roof, you know, um, and they still thought I was nuts, but oh, wow. I left. Yeah, I ended up leaving there. But um, what, what year was that? It was only a couple of years ago. It would have been uh, probably 2020. So, yeah. Vonnie, you're a magnet. <laughs> I hate to break this to you, but <laughs> it sounds like you're a Yowie magnet. <laughs> well, it's strange. Um, yeah, one of the one of the ladies on the um, Australian Cryptozoology site, um, we we're friends on Facebook, and and she just said, you know, once once you're on their radar, the word seems to travel through. The clans, and and you've just got to wonder how. Like, but honestly, for them to do what they do and then just vanish and all this cloaking and they have to be interdimensional creatures. Yeah. What do you think, Sarah? Oh, I totally agree with you. <laughs> There's definitely that element. I I can't prove it. I don't have evidence, but I've spoken to so many people who talk about these beings vanishing. And and not just kind of stepping back into the trees and blending in with the foliage, actually disappearing in front of their faces. I, I've I've spoken to several people now who've said that. I've spoken to people who've seen them cloaked, so you can see you can definitely see head, shoulders, outline of a massive humanoid creature, but it's pixelated like that movie, The Predator. We've heard that multiple times now. So yes, I'm I'm I I agree with you. I can't prove it, but and I know there's lots of other people who 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 don't be, don't believe that, and that's cool too. I, I again, I there's no there's no way of proving any of this, but my gut is telling me that that's what's happening. Whether my gut is is right or not, I don't know, but um, <laughs> it's definitely I, I definitely lean towards that too, Vonnie. Yeah, yeah. it's it. The, it's the only thing that that really makes sense, isn't it? Yeah, and all the original Australian stories of these beings, they all believe that there is this spiritual, uh, metaphysical aspect to the existence of these beings. That they're definitely flesh and blood, but there's there's something more to them. They're not always here. They can. You know, there's there's a there's a mystical quality to them uh, that also makes me think that there's uh, interdimensional travel happening. Yeah, so I, I I agree with you. I, I and I, I I like the you know because I love because I've always been fascinated in the idea of and was so disappointed when I as a child when I realised that then because I was being taught that, that magic didn't exist, that magic wasn't real, that fairies weren't real and that elves weren't real. And <laughs> I was so upset when I realised that, when I was being told that, no, they're actually not real, they're just imaginary things. And now, I, because I'm, I've always wanted those things to be real, 
I'm more. I'm definitely way more inclined to believe in the paranormal aspect of these beings than maybe somebody else might be. So, so you know, that I, my my wishful thinking could be colouring my the way I think about it, but that's okay. I'm, I'll, I'll own that. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's better to have an open mind than a closed mind. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And wouldn't it be cool if there was this? You know, if the, if if they are this incredible being that can can be in our three D world, but can also be somewhere else and can go. Like it's 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 proof of other dimensions existing. Absolutely. You know. Um, so I I love the idea. I love that particular idea. I, I'm 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 with you on that. Yeah. And so, no. how do you feel now after? After that sighting that you've just had recently, how how are you feeling about the whole subject of Yowie? Oh, I'm just I'm just still so excited about it. I'm just absolutely flabbergasted. It's just fantastic. Like like I know that they're scary and all the rest. But I just feel so blessed that I actually got to see that. You know what I mean? Like it was just. It was just incredible. And, like, I've had those frightening experiences with them. Like, there's certainly something that needs to be respected. And, like, for all we know, they, you know, because they are sort of thought on by, um, you know, that they're uh, basically a, a nature guardian, a, a guardian of the forest. Mm-hmm. And And I think with any of these things, we need to have the most utmost respect for these creatures and that you know it's just I think people with good intentions probably wouldn't get hurt by them hopefully you know who knows what to think you know it's just (laughs) it's just mind-blowing it's just there's just so much so many things out there these these beings or creatures or it's just it's magical it is just absolutely fantastic to to get that have that experience i know a lot of people have been have had the absolute shit scared out of them and and i've had that a couple of times but you know honestly sarah if they wanted to rip someone from asshole to breakfast time they could do it you know with the flick of a finger basically yet how many people are actually physically attacked? That's always a warning roar or um, stones being thrown at them or sticks. And if they wanted to hurt you, they could, they're well and truly equipped to do it. Yet, how many people have actually been attacked and there's been ample opportunity? Yeah. I, look, I, I, I think. And this is what some of the original Australian people I've spoken to have said, that there are good ones and bad ones. And certainly Dean Harrison's experiences were, he thought he was going to die. Like it was that, it was so aggressive that he was terrified for his life. So, but it's mm. a, it is a good point though. They didn't kill him and they probably could have. So I, I've, I've also reached that same conclusion or have, have been exploring that idea as you are that, if they if they really wanted to hurt us, they could, and I don't think they generally do. 
probably because if they do attack and kill someone, they know that there'll be police and rescue and, um, mm. you know, uh, they will be hunted. So I, I think they're way too smart to bother killing us. Um, if it, yeah. If it was just for food, there's plenty of other game that won't call the police <laughs> um, on them and that won't cause a big manhunt or, a, you know, a hunt after them. So I, I think you're you're on the money and that I think the vast majority don't want to hurt us, don't want to kill us, but I think there might be the odd bad one in there. I mean, yeah. you, you know, that we, there are people who go missing in our national parks. Occasionally mm-hmm. there are under very, very mysterious circumstances and their bodies are never found or a child goes missing but it's found a, a huge di- distance away in, yeah. in, in an amount of time that they couldn't possibly have made it there by themselves. There's a guy in the United States called David Polides who who investigates those sorts of cases and, and he, I believe, he he thinks that maybe Sasquatch Bigfoot is responsible for some of those disappearances. Um, I think he's done a few investigations on Australian cases too. But So that, that could be the case, that some people, um, some people are abducted and killed. By, by a few of the bad ones. But in general, most people have experiences, as you said, where there's, they're, they're getting rocks thrown at them or they're being chased out of somewhere. The, 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 the message that they're getting is they need to leave. Um, that feeling yeah. of dread, that really bad smell that makes you want to vomit, all of those things make you want to leave the area. And I think that's probably more of what they're trying to do rather than actually attack and kill us. Yeah. Yeah. But what a, what an exciting what an exciting time for you. So are you going to go back to that property soon? Absolutely. Yeah, well keep me Absolutely. posted. I'm dying to hear about. I'll I'll let you know if Gary can make it out there. I'll as I said, I'll send this to him and I'll I'll encourage him to go out there because I really want him to. Now now after hearing your story, <laughs> whether he, you know, it'll be up to him and and Dean and 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 Buck whether they've got time. But uh, it would be really cool if they could go out and uh, and check that that property out. Oh, it'd be amazing if they could, and yeah. and the property owner's very keen, you know, for for that to happen. Because, and and there seems to be like quite a good relationship, really. You know, if they wanted if they wanted these people off the property, they could easily do it. But Dan was saying that the night after we left the offering. Um, he camped up in the spot where we had been. He said he heard clapping. Right. Clapping. Yeah, yeah clapping. Yeah. And it was like he said it sounded like it was coming from the left of the left of the chook pen to the right of the chook pen and from the centre of the chook pen. He said it was the clapping sound seemed to move around. And um, I told Oliver, my son in law, about it. And he said, oh, well, I heard clapping the second night that we were there. I said, what, you didn't? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't you tell didn't... me? <laughs> holding, holding out on me now, Oliver. <laughs> and, and he said, yeah, no. He said, I thought you would have heard it too. I said, no, I didn't. I, I, one of the times I had a good sleep. But, um, yeah, then, then felt that they appreciated the the gifts that um, that we left there for them. 
Yes, so. well, they probably they probably did. And maybe on that property, if like they could also go in there and take all the chickens in one go if they wanted to. But yeah, they maybe they're maybe having a a peaceful relationship with with um with was it Dan and and Jen? Did you say the owners of the property? Yeah. So maybe there there there's a there's a you know nice peaceful relationship there because they're they're allowing them to get the odd chook and mm-hmm. not they're not coming after them and and not you know setting up cameras and lights around the chook pen or anything like that it's 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 interesting yeah it sounds like they've they've found a nice cushy little spot where they they're safe and there's <laughs> and there's chicken for dinner yeah yeah absolutely chicken tonight yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Well, Bonnie, was there any other details you wanted to mention or anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap it up? You want to hear about the thylacine? Yeah. Where was that? Uh, that was at Dead Man's Gully um, on the Bondi Road. I was trying to work it out today um, how long ago it was. I think it was around 1996. Um, it was just after there was a huge bushfire in the Burrabri forestry. So it was a couple of months after that, when, so when, whatever year that happened. But I'm thinking 96. And I was coming into town. I was in a little white Tirana and I was coming into town. I'd hit a wallaby the week before, so I was being pretty careful. And the grass was quite long along the sides of the road driving along and um, not particularly speeding or anything, just taking it easy. And from the side of the road, from the left side of the road, it looked like a wallaby, you know, down, I saw its head and I just instantly thought swamp wallaby, you know, because it was a darker colour. Anyway, as it's come out, I've prepared for it to start hopping across the road. You know, mentally you're just going to instantly think it's going to hop right. Um, So I slowed right down. And this thing ambles out of the grass, doesn't hop, and it's got this weird swagger to it, like it's off balance. And it's not a wallaby. Like my brain's still trying to get around, you know, it's not hopping. What the hell is this thing? And it was a, um, it was actually, it wasn't a fawn colour like you see the ones, you know, like, famous last last thylacine at the at the zoo oh yep 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 it's it it was like more of a mahogany sort of color it was but you could still distinguish the stripes the stripes going from about middle of its back down over its hips and over its tail and the long rigid tail that was sort of moving like a rudder as it was walking, uh, ambling across the road. And I was just like gobsmacked. Like I've come to a full stop and I'm just looking at this thing walking across the road. And I thought, there's only one thing that that could be. Like that's a thylacine right there. How and cool. I was just, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So my, my theory on it was that, could have perhaps been up in the forestry and the forestry is like, I don't know how many tens of thousands of acres up in there. But when that was on fire, it could have followed that creek down there. So there's a creek that, that uh, makes up Dead Man's Gully on the way to Chinchilla there. And 
I think I think I'm just I'm just some you know surmising that it's probably followed the creek during the um, fire or just after the fire and it's come down into that area. There was always a lot of roadkill there on that on that patch. And after that, I started taking notice because um, I actually contacted, oh, you know, the guys that, that did Out of the Shadows, the book Out of the Shadows. Oh, yeah, um, Paul Cropper Tony, and Tony Healy, yeah. Yeah, and um, I contacted one of them about it and sent through the details and a sketch and, and everything. But, yeah, that was that was just so – that was so exciting. That was really cool. Um, but just the way it, it came out, just, you know, I just saw the start of a foot and the head as it came out of the grass, and I just thought, yeah, there's a wallaby. And then I realised the head was far too big. and this, But such, it was a beautiful colour. It was a really beautiful colour. It sort of struck me as being a juvenile, like it didn't – it didn't like have coarse hair. The hair was very sleek and shiny, and but those distinct vertical stripes from the middle of the back rump and down onto the tail, and the big, weird, rigid, floaty tail. You know? oh, that, that's all the hallmarks of the thylacine, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So they're definitely, and I, I was just so happy that they weren't all extinct, you yes, know. Yes, how good is that? Uh, because yeah. I, I'm always horrified when something goes extinct because we've hunted it to extinction. It's the most horrific thing. Humans are so such horrible creatures sometimes. Yeah. And so, yeah, how exciting that they, we, we haven't killed all of them. There must be a large enough population to breed and have offspring and, and, and keep surviving. So that's great. Yeah, thankfully. Great yeah. Thankfully. And it's just so good, you know, when you see the footage that people get of them and, and there's nothing else that they can be, you know, like some of them are just so distinct. It's just, it is, it, it gives you that heartwarming moment. But to see something like that, you just go, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. Totally understand where you're coming from. <laughs> <laughs> That's super cool. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. I'm so grateful to you for reaching out to me and sharing sharing all of that. I'm I'm excited about what's going to happen for you out on that property in the future. No, you're welcome, Sarah, and you're doing a brilliant job. Keep up the good work. Thanks, mate. <laughs> I appreciate <Yeah>. it. <laughs> well, keep and and thanks for sharing on the on the uh, Yari Central Facebook group too. Um, Keep us posted. Keep me keep me posted with what's going on. I can't wait to hear what the next instalment is. And I'm painting. I'm going to paint. Um, or I'm going to recreate what I saw. Yes. I'm halfway through painting it now, and when I'm done, I'll send you a photo of it. That would be amazing. Please do that. Yeah, that would be great. I'd love to see And that was Vonnie with her Yowie encounters and sightings. I don't know about you, but when she talked about seeing the Yowie at the beginning and then getting bogged at night time and having to then walk by herself to where her son was, <laughs> that has to be one of the scariest things. I can just imagine, you know, you know you're in your car and you, 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 you're going, all right, I need to get out of here. And then <laughs> you're stuck and you're out in the dark. And there's a yowie out there. 
<laughs> that sounded so freaking scary. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing with us, Bonnie. I really appreciate it. Don't forget, the more we talk about this subject, the more we normalise it for everyone and hopefully the less stigma that will be attached to it and, and the less ridicule that people face when they talk about their experiences. And maybe, just maybe, if we educate people about yaoi's, we might be able to protect them and stop people hunting them and destroying their habitat. If you've seen a yaoi or you've experienced something strange and mysterious, I would love to talk to you. Get in touch with me via yaoicentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group. Uh, you can also get me on Messenger, and I am on Instagram and Twitter occasionally, so you can use those platforms as well. Well, that's all I've got for you today, my friends. We'll be back next Wednesday, so we'll catch you then. Stay safe. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. of your diamond ring your fancy jacket won't be worth a dime when you're sucking the blood right out of your spine Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.